right, Alan? Oh, but <laughs> How you doing, man? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. good. Um, yesterday was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, I was quite fed after yesterday. Enjoyed the singing and the frying mick, mick on the table was a blessing. And uh, yeah, your ministry last night, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were just saying that we always we always study um, together the sermon for Sunday morning and I'd forgotten some of it. And the big thing for me was about, because we're looking at the conversion of Saul, aren't we? Mm. And, and how whenever he gave his life to Christ and Christ became his Lord, um, Ananias comes in and says, Brother Saul. Brother Saul. And then yeah. he goes to the disciples in Damascus, the ones that he was persecuting. Yeah. And they bring him in and he stays with yeah. them for, for however long. Yeah, man. it's He receives a new Lord, but they've already got this new Lord. And uh, how, do they, how do they treat someone who comes into the family, no matter mm. what past they have, is Brother yeah. Saul. Beautiful. That's really good. It was a busy weekend for me, too, because um, uh, I've been doing uh, teaching or coaching Bible, or not Bible. Coaching basketball. Oh, well, basketball on, and Bible. <laughs> that's, that's a big difference. Uh, coaching basketball on Saturday mornings. And, and uh, this, this week I, I did the older kids basketball. And there was this one kid who came along. He's, he's really athletic, but he doesn't understand the fundamentals of basketball. Mm. So um, his, his shot was messed up. And I won't go into to how, but he's other than he was just trying to shoot from behind his head rather than. Mm. But um, so took him aside at one point and just said, listen, just this little tweak, you know, and tried to give him a bit of instruction. Mm. And, um, and he started overthinking it. Right. So like he, he would, he would be get ready to shoot a shot in the game and you could see him like freeze up and like be <laughs> almost all the way up and be like, Oh, oh. I'm not doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. The, the tips. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it, it, he got really disillusioned about it. And I went to him, um, again after that, that game and, and just said, Hey, don't, don't overthink it, you know, mm. work on that in your own time and stuff, you know, mm. and all that. And uh, he's like, yeah, I don't even know if I'm really cut out for this basketball thing. Oh man! And, and I'm just like, no, no, don't get discouraged. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to help you, you know. Mm. Um, but, but we can, we can be like that. I think in, in the Christian life, we can start to have identity crisis. Mm. Um, wh- whether that's for good or for bad, um, we can when things are going really, really good, or when things are going really, really bad. And last uh, or two weeks ago now, we, we talked about when things are really bad. Mm. So like when we're suffering. Yeah. When we're sinning. Yeah. Our identity identity can get lost in that. Yeah. But on the other side of the spectrum, our identity can get lost in um, successes. Yeah. Spiritual successes or or physical ones. Yeah. 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 Things go well. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we looked at that last night, gospel identity and service and success. Mm. And uh, we we read through Philippians. I actually taught through Philippians 3 verses 2 to 11. And uh, you have that right there, don't you? Yeah. So it says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers. Beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. I just, sorry, that's like cool because uh, what we were looking at last time was like, assume that no flesh would glory in his presence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else <coughs> thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I have more so. Mm. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what these things what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. For him I've suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Mm, nice one. 
Yeah, so gospel identity and service and success, um, we, we, we split it into two, didn't we? We mm-hmm. said um, this tells us uh, first where our, our identity should not rest, mm-hmm. um, but also the Bible is not just always negative, it's always positive as well. Yeah. So where my identity should rest. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that God never just gives us a bunch of rules and a bunch of what not to do's. Yeah, when he, every time he says, do not fear, there's always a because. Yeah. Uh, so there's a positive in that yeah. command, yeah. I'm always finding that, that non-believers have a misconception about that majorly. That um, when we're talking to people on the streets about Christ and stuff, it's always like, what's well, it's all about rules. Mm-hmm. It's all about, you know. And that can come across where it's like always like, do not do this, do not do that. Mm. And never like, right, but here's what you should do. Yeah, here's the beauty of the the freedom that we have in Christ as well. Yeah. So both both in practice and in thinking, I think the big solution here is um, that if, if we are doing the right thing, we won't be doing the wrong thing. Mm. Mm. You have no time to do the wrong thing if you're doing the right thing. Yeah, and, you're, you were saying that by actively pursuing obedience or courageously pursuing obedience rather than fearfully turning from sin sort of thing. Like as we actively pursue obedience then, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that applies for what we think too. Yeah, yeah. Know, what we meditate on. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, basically verses uh, five and six um, deal with where my identity should not rest. So uh, verse five tells us that my identity should not rest in my family. It talks about uh, circumcised the eighth day. And then the very next phrase, he says, of the stock of Israel, which tells mm-hmm. me that my identity should not rest in uh, nationality mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then he goes on at the end of verse 5 uh, and, and mentions two things together as well. My identity should not rest in others' expectations of me. He was of the tribe of Benjamin, the hero tribe of mm-hmm. Israel. And my identity should not rest in uh, societal or, so, or, or um, social status. Mm-hmm. Um, he says concerning the law of Pharisee. And um, it ends with, with two things together as well. My identity should not rest in my religious service. He says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Like, how zealous are you, Paul? Well, I persecuted the church. Uh, and then the the second half of verse number six, it says, my identity should not rest in my daily performance. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Bible says, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty comprehensive list by yeah. Paul, isn't it? And, he, and, you know, he here's the thing. As Christians, uh, even though Paul said... We don't. I don't find my identity in that stuff anymore. Here's the things I could. I could boast in, but I don't boast in these mm. things anymore. As Christians, we so often find ourselves mm. finding our identity in these things, or boasting in these things, um, totally missing what what this is all about here. No, you're totally right. Yeah, and and I love that verse number seven. Verse number seven actually seems to be the dividing line in mm. the passage where he moves on to the positives after verse number seven. Mm. Because he says, you know, what things I used to think were gain, what Mm -hmm. I used to think were redeemable things in my life, I actually see that they're just lost now. I've just chucked all that away because I see the lack of value in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he moves on to where my identity should rest. And beginning in verse number eight, he mentions the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I said I love the way the ESV says it, the excellent knowledge Mm. of Christ Jesus, my Mm. Lord. Um, and, and that tells me that what my identity should rest in is what I know about Christ. Yeah, knowing Him. Knowing yeah. Him. Knowing and, you, Jesus, there is no greater thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really that's really good. And, and and I was actually teaching through Discipleship Explored with with, uh, with Jacob yesterday, and and um, it mentioned something in there that the, the word knowledge, um, it doesn't just referring to to knowing about something, but trying to emulate that knowledge. Mm. 
Um, so it's talking about um, practicing that knowledge in some mm. way, which which would seem to indicate it's not just about knowing Christ, but being like Christ. Yeah. So it's not just a <clears throat> mental ascent to facts. It's knowing him mm. uh, experientially, intimately, and then living out that life that we have in him. Very yeah. good, yeah. And then um, verse 8 goes on to say that um, I sh- my identity should rest in belonging to Christ. Mm. He says that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And and again, Paul's not saying I haven't been saved or or, or that I need to be resaved or anything like that. He's right. just saying I want more of Christ yeah. and to be found in him. What what do you think that means, to be found in him? Oh, man. Just the Christ in me, the hope of glory. Um mm. Again, this isn't the salvation verse where it's like I'm, I'm striving to be saved. It's just uh, I, I, my identity, my full identity is rooted in Jesus Christ and mm. embracing the fact that when God looks upon me, he sees Christ in me and all these other things I, I find my identity in are, again, are lost so I can keep knowing him more intimately and keep mm. pursuing him. Yeah, it's like Colossians, for, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ mm. in God. Mm. Yeah, so belonging to him, um, but but not not just belonging to him. When God sees me, he sees Christ, but like I, I actually belong to him. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm part of him now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's beautiful. Um, not just because I'm preaching it. No, but... I also think it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, my my identity should rest, and and I think rest is a really really important word. Right? Mm. I can I can literally be at rest with this. The, what I know about Christ, belonging to Christ, and then His righteousness. I can rest in His righteousness. Yeah, not my own righteousness, but yeah. yeah. He actually says that. Um, actually, this whole this whole verse. Um, um, he says, "Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness which is from God yeah. by faith." It's amazing because he says, "Concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless." But then he turns around in verse nine and says, "But I actually didn't have any of my own righteousness mm-hmm. from the law." Yeah, <laughs> just amazing that it says that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, my righteousness. Is in is in Christ alone. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So his his righteousness, I can I can rest in that. My identity can rest in that. Um, but also what Christ accomplished on the cross. He talks about the fellowship of his sufferings, and that's that's an interesting phrase. I didn't really expound hugely upon that last night. But the fellowship of his sufferings. What what? How would we describe the word fellowship? It's a, a partnership and experience. You're part of that with partaking with them, I guess. Mm. So we're we're fellowshipping with Christ because Christ suffered, mm. um, but also I think I think the fact that he's he's writing to um, the Philippians here, he's writing to a group of believers. There's also this aspect of not only do we fellowship with Christ in our sufferings, but we we belong to a fellowship of people who suffer as Christians as mm. well, mm. which is which is a beautiful thing. We don't just belong to Christ; we belong to one another yeah. as well. Um, but but that comes back to what he accomplished on the cross. Mm-hmm. So if what we say about the the cross, so so like um, Hudson Taylor, right? One of the things that um, the big thing that convicted him and brought him to salvation was he was reading in his father's study a tract called the finished that, that had the phrase the finished work of Christ, hmm. and he was just like, I've heard about the cross all my life. What does that mean? The What's, finished what work of Christ. What does this mean? Yeah, what's the yeah. finished work? Well, and and it was this idea well, like everything that Jesus needed to accomplish to. Um, ensure my eternal salvation and my reunion with him mm. um, was accomplished mm. and when he said it is finished he was saying it like that's the finished work the work is done yeah beautiful yeah yeah so, so he goes on to say in verse 10 not just the fellowship of his sufferings but being conformed to his death so he's saying because i share in the sufferings of christ um i'm okay with my life being conformed to his death hmm. 
So how do, how do we conform our lives? To, we're, we're talking about cross-centered life, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what, what is, how, how might that look if I'm going to say I'm going to tweak my life and be more cross-centered in my approach? I think it looks like Philippians too. Uh, yeah, and the whole that whole life that Jesus lived was of not pursuing his own interests, but the interests of others, mm-hmm. which is, um, which you know, Timothy's an example of that. He he see, doesn't seek his own, and Epaphroditus is an example of that. He nearly died serving you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like the the a life of dying for others for the cause of christ <laughs> laying yeah. down your life not not necessarily dying but mm. uh dying daily and taking up your cross daily to yeah. serve christ and others yeah i think I, th- I think the buzzword would be sacrificial wouldn't it yeah. really yeah. just a, a, a life that is sacrificial in to god a life that is sacrificial to others around us as well mm. um which is humility in a nutshell isn't yeah it? yeah so we were talking about last week about the meek you know inheriting the earth yeah and uh, that's meekness right there in it um so then so what Christ accomplished on the cross and what Christ accomplished after the cross it says the power of his resurrection it's the beginning of verse number uh, 10 and and then he goes on to say that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead so because Christ is risen what are the implications to me in Christ's resurrection yeah I I too shall rise mm. yeah it's beautiful yeah mm-hmm. and we we talked about how we um so eternal life is the life of the eternal one mm-hmm. Right, so Jesus rising from the dead. We, we we could go to one Peter, couldn't we, and talk about how all of us who have been uh, who have been saved, who have put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, mm-hmm. we share in the resurrection life of Christ. Yeah. So literally, we're united in the life of Christ. Yeah. Well, this all sounds good, Matt. Um, our identities in Jesus Christ alone, Paul says, and His righteousness, His finished work, uh, and and knowing Him and pursuing Him, but. What you were really highlighting last night is that that's not, that's not even though that is where our identity actually lies, that's not practically where we place our identity on a daily basis, even as Christians. Mm, no, you're and that's right. That's the struggle. That is the struggle, and and so, so we actually tried to um, bring things on street level, didn't we? By mm. by asking three questions, and the first was how might looking for my identity and social status affect my relationship with others? Yeah. So we, we, we go back to um, where my identity should not be, right? And we mentioned not in family, not in nationality. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's one little section there. But then this next section is the expectations of others and social status. Yeah. So there's always the temptation, isn't there, that, that some people um, have expectations for us. Society mm-hmm. has expectations for us. Mm-hmm. So how... How might looking for my identity and social status affect my relationship with others? Yeah, the table, our, our table was it was really good stuff. <clears throat> like, um, so there'd be pride because I, if I compare myself to other people, I might have cause for pride. I mean, mm. he says I was a Pharisee, and and Jesus very much rebuked them because they loved the attention. Mm. They were on the high, <laughs> the high social status. Mm. So there's reason for pride, but also if I'm always comparing myself to other people on social status and I'm below other people then that comparison can lead to envy. So on one side, there's the pride of I'm better than you. On the other side, there's the envy of you're better than me. No, you're right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, that's both of those. That's the Instagram lifestyle, isn't it, of comparison? Mm-hmm. Horrible place to be. Um, and then uh, it was brilliant with, with, I think it was Bryce saying, like, you know, if, if, I, if it's all about social status, if I see someone 
higher than me and I can cozy up to them mm. and I can see them as a tool for my personal advancement, then I'll use them. But if I mm. look down on someone who's worse than me and I see no good and like are no good in I'm, I'm, they're, they're able to help me arrive or to achieve or to climb the ladder. Yeah, I'll just, yeah. I'll have nothing to do with them. So that, and that's massively impacting my relationship with others then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, 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 yeah, we talked about that too. And that can look in a, in a variety of ways. Uh, and you've highlighted some of those, um, obviously in the workplace, um, in, in my educational pursuits as well, mm. I might sacrifice one group of friends for another because mm. I would get in with this or that. Some, someone might be aspiring to be, an athlete or something like that. So he might want to, you know, um, gain friends that are mm. uh, part of a particular club yeah. or team or whatever, you know. So it looks in a variety of ways, but um, the problem is I leave in the wake of making those decisions. I yeah. leave ruins behind me yeah. relationally. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're just using people. People are either tools or obstacles, as Paul mm. Tripp calls it, mm. uh, tools for you to... Um, use or obstacles for you to avoid and that's not how God made us and you know when it comes to family and nationality as well like if if my identity's in those things then I gravitate towards people who are like me um, mm. to people I, ha I have things in common rather than people who are not like me but yeah. who are in Christ and yeah. so we have Christ in common skin color um, you know career class none of these things in Christ are, matter anymore because he yeah. us all together. And that's a real temptation in the context of the church, isn't it? Like majorly that um, birds of a feather flock yeah. together yeah. kind of a thing. And um, what, what, I, what I actually do love about our church, um, and there's lots that I love about our church, uh, but one thing is, um, you know, we, we have quite a few Nigerians mm. in our church, which is, which is beautiful. Um, but, but I love seeing on Sunday morning, and we have people from, from lots of different nationalities and backgrounds, yeah. but particularly the, the, the Nigerians, I love seeing that they're not like just sat together. Mm. I'm seeing them like intermingling with, yeah, with, with everybody and everybody's intermingling the family, with them. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually, it's actually a wonderful thing to see, you know, in the youth group, you know, we've got, and we've got some Eritreans mm -hmm. in the youth group and they're just like, they're, they're, they're part of it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. We have the, the actual thing in common. Yeah. yeah. So we don't, it's not young people. If we all, if we find our identity in these things, it's like we gravitate towards, yeah. Oh, they're young too. Or they like Tolkien. So I'm yeah, going to hang yeah, out with them. Or, yeah. You know, they like coffee, but it's like, or, you know, they make me feel good. So I'll gravitate toward them. And it's mm -hmm. like, no, I, in, in Christ, I'm free from my identity being in any of these things. Yeah. 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 We, we, we can always, and maybe we'll talk about this again, but we, we can always take the approach of, oh, I have nothing in common with them. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I actually don't want to be around them. Yeah. But, if you're in Christ and they're in Christ, yeah. you do have something you in have common. You have the greatest thing in common. Yeah. 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 There's no you'll celebrate greater... that. You'll celebrate that for all eternity, that thing yeah. you have in common. Yeah. yeah. Get used to it. Yeah. And, and you know, it was W.A. W. Criswell, who was an old Southern Baptist pastor in America, but he said, um, the praises of earth prepare for the praises of heaven. Mm. So it's like what I'm praising God for now mm. is, is almost like preparatory for what I'm going to praise God yeah. for in the new yeah. creation. And um and yeah, I think I think common ground in Christ is one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, beautiful. Um, the second question that we looked at was how might looking for my identity in daily performance, and we can we can we can kind of chuck in there as well. Um, not just my daily performance, but um, kind of religious service. Yeah. So how might that um affect my walk with the Lord? Right. So not just my relationship with others, but my walk with the Lord yeah. specifically. Yeah. So. 
there's um if it's if it's on my daily performance on my good days um if if i'm finding my identity in my daily service or my daily uh performance then on my good days i don't really need the lord because i'm like hey look at me i'm great pride comes in Mm. and i'm like you know and especially if a whole week of good days come and you're like just playing sailing and you're like oh man uh i am the epitome of christianity um and then but then if you have bad daily performance days and if they compound to multiple bad days that she it's that shame and guilt stuff we talked in the other series of Mm. of bearing fruit that i'm gonna actually be distant from the lord because how how could he want anything to do with me after Mm. this week of disaster or even this day of failure Mm. um so yeah again it's it's pride guilt shame these horrible things start creeping in Mm. No, no, that's that's absolutely right. I actually said um, so, so on the latter bit of what you were saying. I said a couple of different times yesterday. I think when uh, before and after that, I think the most dangerous place for a Christian is on the other side of a victory. Mm, yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, because we're like, man, look what I just look did. What I just did, yeah, yeah. And so we're like, we puff ourselves up, and yeah. we like think that we're impervious to temptation and and all that, and then suddenly. It hits us and we're going, taking a nosedive down yeah, yeah. and it can be really disillusioning. Yeah. So, you know, on Sunday morning I was saying, I was finishing up with, in your, when you get it right, if you have a day of getting it right, mm-hmm. run to Christ and give him the praise and glory because it was him. <laughs> but we yeah. forget that, don't we? No, you're right. Yeah. On, on our good days and on our bad days, when we perform well and when we perform poorly, um, Christ is still Christ and we still belong to him. He, and we still have his righteousness. Yeah. Um, which is from God by faith. Yeah. But we, we don't we don't always tell ourselves that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I was I was actually opening up recently just about I actually opened up a little bit last night just mm. about how one of the things that I really struggle with is my um kind of inner dialogue or inner is is that the right phrase? Inner monologue. Mm. So this ongoing conversation that my flesh is having <laughs> So I'm I'm telling my th- myself that I'm a failure whenever I fail. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm telling myself that I'm um, you know like like you'll never be anything but a sinner mm. whenever I sin. Um, so I I think there's yeah it's it's a big it's a big struggle. Yeah, yeah. You know, as as believers. That that's cool that you said dialogue by mistake because it that's what that's part of the fix, isn't it? Mm. Instead of the monologue of hearing yourself say these things, it's the dialogue of. What does Christ declare about me in Scripture? No, that's really, really yeah. good, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was just trying to find a, a quote from Lloyd-Jones, but but he, he said something like, um, rather than letting ourselves talk to us, we should be talking to ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the flesh is trying to tell us mm-hmm. things about ourselves that aren't mm-hmm. true, mm-hmm. but the Spirit is trying to reinforce our identity in Christ. Yeah. The flesh might even tell our telling things that are true, mm. but the spirit is telling us things that are truer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know no, I mean? like, right. yeah. No, but it, it yeah. both are true. Like you know, I, I, you're a mess. Yep, and mm-hmm. Christ is brought is fix is fixing me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're a disaster of sin. Yep, and I am forgiven and righteous mm. in Him. You mm-hmm. know, so like mm. yeah, it's that tension of both being true and and letting the spirit speak and letting the scriptures speak into our lives. Yeah, which is question three, isn't it? That identity in the gospel. Yeah, so, so how will anchoring my identity in the gospel alone free me from my temptation of pride? Yeah, yeah. So how, how, does, that, how does that work? When I anchor my identity in the gospel alone, mm-hmm. 
What does that do to pride in my life? So it, I think the Beatitudes are really, we talked about that last night, you know, per in spirit. Mm. Um, so if, if it's in, if it's in the gospel, then I'll have the confidence in Christ to own sin for sin mm. rather than excusing it. Um, and justifying it away. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I've, I'm a sinner. Uh, yeah, I've done this thing wrong. Um, but I'm forget. Um, but Christ is merciful. So the gospel allows me to own my sin, which is mm. a humbling scenario. Um, but then also we were talking about how when the disciples went away and they were doing all these things, casting out demons, working miracles, and they come back and they're, they're like puffed up a little bit. And Jesus is like, yeah, rejoice that your name's written in heaven. <laughs> like that's the greatest thing. So yeah, like both of those, that humility of um, I'm a sinner and that humility of any righteousness I have is freely given to me and him. Mm-hmm. Both both beautifully humbling. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think what it, what it boils down to is we we want to find our identity somewhere. Yeah, we need to. That's and we're, we're to. always looking for that opportunity. Yeah. And so when when we're either speaking to ourselves in the flesh or when we're allowing others who are in the flesh to speak into our lives, mm-hmm. um, we start to believe things that um, aren't our identity. We start yeah. to take on an identity that should not be ours as yeah. Christians. Yeah. But when we let God through the Holy Spirit um, speak the gospel into our lives, yeah. um, then that tells me who I am. I'm a unique creation in Christ, eternally, unconditionally loved. God yeah. is going to persevere in love toward me all the days of my life. Yeah, yeah. Seeing that play out is beautiful, man. When we're when we're in in the church, you know, going back to the church context, like you have GPs and uh, and then mechanics, brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. You know, in our church in, in Bath, you had eye doctors in London, and you know, <laughs> just workers. Yeah. Uh, and their brothers and their deacons together, and okay. it was just like, this is what Christ does: is um, he brings people together. And it's not like I'm better than you because I make more money mm. or my house is bigger, my car is better. It's you're my brother mm. and uh, I don't boast in these things. And yeah, that, that hymn you played, are you, we, we signed together on Sunday evening, really fit into this. My, my um, forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ. And uh, yeah, how can I glory in the flesh if Paul has even more reason to glory, he says. And he's like, it's all dung. It's mm. all nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my richest gain I can't but lost. Poor contempt and all my pride. Mm. And and what what is gain is the excellent knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Yeah. And the which implications is, of that in my life, which is freely given by Christ. Mm. Like He freely gives us this excellent mm. knowledge yeah. by the Spirit and the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, when I'm boasting in that, I'm actually boasting in Him. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful truths, and a beautiful Savior. Yeah. God help us to rest our identity in in the gospel this week. Amen. Amen. It's been good. Mm-hmm.